0: Welcome one and all to the Keeping It Real podcast with myself, Luke Farlis, and Ashley Warner. Hello, guys. Today's episode is going to be, do you remember that game where? Now, the theme of this is childhood gaming. I'm sure most people had a PS1, PS2, Nintendo 64, or even a Game Boy, and can recollect on games that have come and gone. But really we want to talk about the magic of games in this era. The special thing, the pre-microtransaction, pre-online, pre you know, everything was movie-esque and it wasn't so it was made maybe by, by a team of ten people. Ash, you remember these times, don't you?
1: Yes, I do, I do. Um and I was thinking uh about this kind of scenario where you Think of a game and go. Oh, you remember that game where? And you'd have to describe what happened in it, like you know, from your vague five-year-old recollection. And how it's almost a shame that it's so easy to identify those games now. Like I wouldn't say easy, but far easier. Like I've like every so often, like a half-remembered demo would pop into my head, and then I'll go, "Oh yeah, that was Sentinel Returns." I just you know typed thing. John Carpenter um fleshy game and oh it was Sentinel Returns. Oh, okay. I remember it being sort of vaguely fleshy and you put these like pillars down and you've got to stop the this big eye in the sky thing from seeing it was a little bit like um it's a bit like Hellraiser really. It kind of had a similar similar like vibe to to the kind of you know Hell in Hellraiser. Like, uh, uh yes, kind yeah, of, yeah you know you've, they've got a big diamond thing in the sky and it's like looking down and everything like it, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of reminded me of that um i didn't necessarily come here to talk about uh I've actually i uh, the actually uh, the, the name of the game's just uh, gone right out of my head now uh, sentinel uh sentinel returns that was it um mm-hmm. this is one of my you know one of my one of my early earlier you know not early but but one of my Memorable experiences of that of that phenomenon, and all I could remember about the game was that it was on the same demo as Prince Nasim's boxing. Uh,
0: <laughs> if if anything assured you of it, it was from your childhood in the late nineties. It was it was
1: there it it was, the, there, was a, there was a game that had Prince Nasim on the cover, um, and every time I, I remember Sentinel Returns, uh, I have to look up Prince Nassim as well to see how he's doing. Um, and how is he doing ash i can't remember uh i think he's doing all right i think he got a bit chubby um as 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 you know as we all do in our 40s um That's true. not not gonna not not his body shame uh, uh prince nassim he was a he was a very good boxer achieved far more in his life than i ever have and probably ever will so uh Props to you, Prince Nassim. There we go. That's that's what we can take from this this part of the part of the podcast here.
0: So what we were moving away from our childhood is so far that Prince Nassim had a career. That's all. That's what that's that's, that's <laughs> what I got from my
1: childhood. Was that I remembered this game, this sort of slightly freaky game, uh, that I couldn't quite get the hang of. Um mm-hmm. Because movement in it was really weird. Like you, you, you had to move from you are square talking about to square.
0: seminal returns here. Yeah, no, not Prince Scene uh, boxing. Sorry, you, don't, you didn't.
1: Yeah, you, you know, Prince scene boxing would probably, be a, a, you know, a pretty freaky game to play now with the, with the, um, graphics being what they were and, and and human character models being a little bit terrifying back then. I mean, case in point, did you ever play
0: Three Lions on the PS One? Um, no. So I, football game-wise, uh, the first football game I ever played was FIFA 2000 and... I want to say 2002 is the one I own, actually. Oh, okay.
1: So, so they were looking a little bit more human by this point now. Oh, God. Um,
0: three... Yeah, until you saw Oliver Kahn in goal for Germany and Bayern Munich, then... Yeah, but... That was terrifying. I mean... Oliver
1: Kahn's... Oliver Kahn... Well, I mean, I don't want to say he's never looked human because he, he he does look human, but he looks like a very alien drawing of a human. Like he's sort of like he's sort of the, the like a kind of a cave painting of the ideal man. You know what I mean? I'll have a car, all square jawed and big. You know. I mean, uh, so the
0: the, the the mutton chop style finish to his hair. Yeah,
1: really? yeah
0: look and build to him. He did, I think, in a way, the graphics of 2000, 2001, two thousand one two time really lent themselves to his build, but it just made him look even more terrifying because I'm, it I'm made gonna... him more polygon. Polygon. I mean, in a way, I speaking. would,
1: I would argue that that the uh, the graphics of the era just weren't ready to handle Oliver Kahn in the same way that they were ready to handle, say, Edgar Davids or, um... Nedved. Tim Closer, Pavel Nedved, you know, any of those guys. Uh, it's true. Yeah, Tim, I mean... Oliver, Oliver Kahn. I don't think the graphics of today could really handle Oliver Kahn, quite frankly. Uh, but I want to get back to Three Lions because I want you, when this is done, when this is over, I want you to look up Alan Shearer. Okay. And Graham Lasso's character models in those games; those are the two that stick out in my head. Alan Shearer looks like he's wearing a shoebox, but well, not that like he's wearing a shoebox. He looks like he is a shoebox. Um, again, much, much, much like you know, his, his, his younger years in real life. He sort of cut his hair off, and he looks less, a lot less square now, uh, which okay. is which is. This was the was PS One but...
0: game, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, this is this was like this was the very first football game I ever had. Um,
0: okay was this like a ninety eight era sort of game, or are we talking maybe about yeah it, it
1: no it was, was ninety eight came out for the ninety eight world cup ah okay. so it was kind of like this was this was kind of before FIFA had a monopoly, and you could still get kind of uh actually i think i think three like can, I, can was... I just say
0: i've I've got an image here of the England squad you know just pre match uh for the like you know when they're all sort of kneeling down for the photo yeah. before the match yeah. And I'm looking at some of these character models. Oh uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah, so they weird. were,
1: they were terrifying. I mean, I can make out some people. Like, I think that's Paul Skulls
0: because he's ginger. <laughs> I um, think that might be Paul Skulls. <laughs> I can't quite tell. Um, <laughs> I I, I can see Sheer in the bottom right, and he does. It, the thing is, they've clearly he was clearly balding at this point, and he had the island going, and. They managed to nail that bit well. The problem that they've all got is they look like their faces were stretched onto a character model about two twice as big as the image allowed. Oh, um,
1: absolutely, like there, were, there was like there, the, 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 the they faces had kind of the stretched,
0: elongation. yeah, so, so stretched. stretched.
1: Like, like they just had this, this really stretched like skin over the top of a kind of, over the kind of the best the best character model they could do doing the in the time leading up to the World Cup. You know, the, like the most crap. polygons they we'll could stitch together. Like together. Um, I, I did enjoy that game, and me and my brother played it quite a lot. Um, mm. Like I say, it was kind of before the before the kind of uh, FIFA Pez Duopoly um, yeah. took hold. Uh, Back when um, this is football, Uh, you remember this is football. That was that was one of the one of the heavy years. It
0: went from this is football to club football, and then they did games dedicated to um, the the club. So my brother had the Liverpool uh, edition of club football. Do you remember this? This is like mid 2000s. Oh
1: god, yeah, no I remember that. I you could only get yeah, you, you could like they really tried to try to fuck everyone over, didn't they with that? Because they brought out one edition for each team. Yeah. And like you only had a few teams that you could play as.
0: I mean, yeah, so their idea is because obviously in them days there wasn't like downloadable content. They would say you'd have to buy let's say a few versions to get to play with all the teams, but you could never play certain teams against certain teams. Which was incredibly, uh, I don't know. I, I think their way of thinking it is like, oh, it felt special because you had like the Liverpool game. I think by the second one, they corrected that and they realized it's not a good idea to do it that way. Hmm. But you know, Free Lions, you know, it was released in America. Was it? think American it's... national team being on it,
1: obviously, because they quite for that work. I didn't think they? they were all on it. Uh, so... Oh my God, it had, um, it had, it had Paolo one shot and, uh, oh God.
0: Carlos Valderrama as well. Valderrama hilarious on it. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the name of this internationally because it didn't have the same name for obvious reasons. It wasn't just yeah. free lines. Yeah. In France, it was called Pro Colon Foot, Foot Contest 98 and it had Didier <laughs> Deschamps on the cover. Mm-hmm. In Italy, it was called okay. Bomba 98 All Champions Challenge and it had Roberto Di Matteo on uh, the cover. Oh, and okay. in North America, it was the Alexi Lalas International Soccer. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Which you know when Bart in The Simpsons in that Christmas episode where he plays that golf game that Mark golf, gets, Yeah, the, that, that is, yeah. That that is, is really it, yeah. is that game. It's like, <laughs> would you like to play again? <laughs> you selected no. Um that is oh gosh. I I think there was some kid in like mid-98, 99 we got a real dud of a gift there with that but from what i've heard most people do have fun memories of that game it was i mean that, kind of the, really quick
1: yeah it was it was a fun game and, and you know despite there was i don't there was no commentary on it like the only voices you had were when um for some reason whenever like the ball went out of play or whatever it would tell you why it was going out of play so like goal kick throw in I think oh, once, I think oh, once ones. I got a handball, but I don't know if I just dreamt that after playing the game too much. And yeah, despite despite that, and you know, having character models that wouldn't have looked out of place on the on the on that uh, haunted PS One demo disc. Um, mm. Oh, actually, that that reminds me. Uh, there's like there's, there's a whole there's a whole um, genre at the moment of kind of PS One style horror games. I was trying I was trying to find out about the company that that um, that did them. It's all. Like itch.io or something, and you know, and and platforms like that, they actually look really, really good. Um, yeah, but like, despite having horrifying character models, uh, uh, you know, like I said, and kind of like odd shooting mechanics, Hmm. it was, it was a, you know, it was a fun go. I mean, it it was as fun as, um, football games kind of got around about that time, and you know, obviously, you play them now, and they're pretty fucking terrible comparatively speaking
0: i mean i mean there was there is definitely a fun element that disappeared Uh, i'd say from a lot of games a lot of games i find just are not as fun as what their predecessors and counterparts are even though they might be technically more impressive i mean Uh, that's really that's really what something i do miss from video games i'm playing if i'm playing something i'm like oh, it feels like i'm doing spreadsheets and it doesn't feel like i'm actually just switching off and just
1: was that because you're just playing football manager over and over <laughs> I, mean, I love football actually, manager, but the game uh, is a spreadsheet. Uh, listen,
0: it is a spreadsheet, it's a spreadsheet manager with football involved in balance. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not to do that, but I was actually thinking, because you mentioned at the beginning about Senator. Oh that's uh, Sen- uh, the, oh, so, so, the John
1: Car- fantastic soundtrack, by the way. If anyone, if anyone ever gets a chance, listen to that soundtrack because my god it's good. I mean it's John, it's John Carpenter, it's gonna be good. I was going to say, I, sense, I, I, yeah.
0: I know that's what the game was famous for because John Carpenter um, obviously did that. And um, as the game goes, I never played it, but I know it. And one thing I always stood out to me is the color palette is very late 90s. It's oranges, it's, greens, it's, and grays.
1: Yeah, oranges, greens, grays, but it's got this really moody kind of atmosphere. I mean, obviously, you know, we've got the, you know, the kind of, Industrial techno, sort of synth-waving John into sort of soundtrack, yeah. and then you've just got this, this gay, this 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 surreal sort of hellscape that you're in, with this just this terrifying sentinel towering over ahead overhead that you've got to um, evade uh, using these kind of these these pillars that you just sort of. Stuck into the ground, you know. You had to, you had to stick it to the ground. It's like a, it's you, like
0: a form of 3D chess.
1: Yeah, but you had to like you're you you, you were not playing as like a like a, as far as I remember, you weren't playing as like a character or anything like that. You were a kind of consciousness that you had to transfer between these these tiny pillars. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's like a 3D chess, and you had to transfer transfer your yourself between these pillars because you didn't have an actual body and and um escape or 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 kill the sentinel i can't remember i can't remember what the, what what the actual objective was at the end but i just remember it being terrifying in ways that i couldn't quite comprehend as a kid um which was strange because you know as a kid i was i was very good at identifying um what exactly terrified me about something um but in this case, I was like, "Nothing scary is happening." It just feels—I
0: think games—it just feels the wrong. Theory, even games that didn't intend to do it, they did give this—the yeah. sense of it. I mean, I've spoken to you, oh gosh, we were talking years ago now, um, once about Croc and how terrifying that game is. There's an element oh. of it; it's quite—yeah, I mean, not not scary, but it's disturbing. It's a very disturbing game to play because you are like Croc is the only one of his species you see, and they're all little fairy things around him you don't know how he came to be in this scenario and all his friends have been kidnapped and he is literally all alone and because maybe because the hardware doesn't allow for the processing of this sort of thing um there isn't like external characters around it's just you are on your own and you're like yeah that's that's something Crop. i i don't know if it was
1: if it was kind of disturbing or... or I remember being a very, very lonely game. Um, and I don't know if that was the case just because obviously he was the only one who was speaking you know, from, from a narrative standpoint. You know, was, you know, na- lonely from a narrative standpoint, but I I don't remember necessarily... I didn't necessarily make that connection as a kid. I just remember the, the game itself having this very barren, lonely, really sad feel. Even when you kind of got... The gobbos back and stuff, and you and you managed to you know rescue them. It still felt, and, and like I say, maybe that had just had something to do with the, the, the hardware limitations at the time, the fact that you couldn't make a, a really populated universe, you, you know, you had to focus on uh, the platforming elements of it and the actual gameplay elements of it. If yeah, you, know, you, you, you can just yeah, went as well, and just felt. Melancholy about playing it uh, in a way that I didn't when I felt when I played, you know, games like Quake Missile or know, kind of violent, quote unquote, violent video games. I didn't really first thought, oh, okay, this is fine, but it's just talking about
0: Ash. Just just stand by one second. We seem to be having slight technical difficulties. Oh, okay. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Apologies for that. Um, you are right. Actually, mentioning about the capabilities, but also like, I don't know, there is something about that period. But one thing I was just going to say about Croc, though, was that you know it came out in like '97.
1: Yeah, I forgot that um,
0: on the PlayStation. Yeah. I think. Uh, it unfortunately, came out the same year as I think Crash One. Which, which, which the... I the opposite. It was, yeah. and yeah. in many ways, I think this is a reason why the game like Croc isn't so well remembered compared to Crashes, because Crash was this bombastic character, and was one of those things where because both of them are actually um, what do you call? It? Uh, sorry, Crash is a um, naughty. Uh, sorry, I think they're both British made. Because is Naughty Dog British? No, they're not. In America, no, America. no, not American. Naughty Dog's in America. Um. But I remember the game as, you know, as it was being, um, sorry, when they both sort of having both as a child, the one I would gravitate towards was Crash, because Crash had vibrant colours, it had all this noise going on, you know, it's music. Um, the level was very quick, and Crash moved quite easily, whereas Croc moved in a tank style, which is the worst thing for a 3D Croc. platform. Croc didn't, yeah,
1: he, like, he, he moved,
0: he, he kind of had,
1: I think two extra steps for one button press. You know, what I mean, like it kind of felt quite heavy. Uh, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm. It, I think yeah, I think Croc being a British game um might felt so lonely because it would have been made by a dev team who grew up on 70s kids shows. Um, you know, like, like kind of That's old episodes game. of Doctor no, Who and things story. like that, like like, um, you know, like that. The, and there was something, I think, there was something of lonely in their, in in their aesthetic as well. You know, they were always kind of about this. It was kind of about sort of odd and 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 coming across this kind of malignant kind of evil that they had to. They always seemed very very solitary and and alone. Like Croc had that, that kind of it had that kind of vibe, that same kind of energy. And obviously playing it as a child, you 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 have to obviously conceptualize it. You just see this this game that's filled with kind of pastel colours and, and happy little things and, um, you know, a, a cute little crocodile. And you think, all of this here, none of the individual pieces here are, you know, in any way kind of more or sad or lonely or melancholy, but, like, you kind of put it all together and it creates this just... Yeah, it's still quite difficult to conceptualize now. Uh,
0: um, I mean, it was uh, the heyday of British gaming in a sense because you did have like Lara Croft coming out, you had uh, Medieval, which is a British made game as well. Uh, Something that's really a lost thing now. Obviously, a lot of studios that are based in the UK are part of a collective that are worldwide. Um, Yeah. You do have, you know, developers up north, um, but they're probably part of an American franchise now or if not an American franchise a British one that spans the globe like uh, EA used to have a hub in Canada, those who used to make the FIFA games, which is now changed over to just being EA across the board um, it's things like that, that it's, it's all about homogenizing um, things whereas you don't get this individuality anymore with, yeah, You really I mean, get a sense of British humour Out of some games Like As much as people mock him um, Peter Molyneux is a good example Of someone who I think uh, He did bring in a Britishness To the games that he made Okay yes, he also was prone To massive hyperbole And hype As a whole I think
1: what we could You know, history Probably sure. Molyneux as uh as a, man, as, as a man who had good ideas but never had the technical capability to implement
0: them, I mean, I, think I, 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 I do agree with that. I think he, he falls into that idea, though, of if you're a leader of a project, don't start promising things you can't deliver on, just as a whole. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean... So a lot of developers don't say a word when they're making games, especially someone in his position. And yes, there are some things that do come out in an interview, say two years prior to the game coming out, and then you find out it never ended up in the game. But that could be all sorts of reasons.
1: Oh yeah, um, and obviously in the in the, in the development is more when it comes to building up hype for a game. Um, he was a bit of a he is a, well, I say was he. What was he know. He's a bit of a in the sense that um he that he a lot about a game and say a lot about it in the media and stuff whereas a lot of, well you know it might have this in it might have that in you know it might have etc etc.
0: Yeah, I mean <sighs> I, I think, you know, it, the, the, that's good that he just tried to, but he's also, I think, he was, um, he's left Lionhead now. He's left Microsoft.
1: I mean, uh, Lionhead got assimilated,
0: got like you said, to Microsoft, didn't they? They, they've they just Before, though, I think, they, I think, they, I mean, yeah. apologies, I think we're still having some disruptions. Just bear with me. And welcome back, everyone. In case you're wondering, we are recording this on pretty much the hottest day on Earth. <laughs> That ever recorded. Right,
1: early, uh, yeah. Um, if you can pick up any interference, that's uh, that's just my fan. I mean, <laughs> I know it wasn't uh, very professional to have a fan on while recording something. Uh, but G- I am doing the weather of today.
0: My- my drink.
1: It's fucking boiling! Like I ain't suffering
0: for my art. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Anyway. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, but, um, apparently what I've noticed is that uh, when Molyneux left Lionhead, they became part of, um, what do you call it? Developing games as a service. So that's... Hey, what well, I mean. like,
1: ga- oh. the thing you didn't get like, back then either, like, Gacha kind of stuff, like, um, oh, yeah, you no, know, mobile games and things like that.
0: Yeah, you didn't get mobile games. There was no thing. A free game was a demo. Oh, Before you! Oh, man! No games. How
1: about them? Just a little, little man in a maze, and he just sort of potted about. There were barely anime Demo discs. Demo discs yeah. were something special. Demo
0: discs were. They were very. There was something you could play over and over and. And never get bored. You didn't have to wait four hours for it to download. I mean, I think, I think my, I mean,
1: like, like, we, at the moment we sound like, like you know, a pair of crotchety old men talking about how things are much better back then, and, and you know, <laughs> things were. Some things are actually much better now. I love, I love the whole digital media thing. Like, I know, I know oh a lot gosh, of people like having. the idea of having not having to of,
0: hunt for the magazine that's attached to this thing is a godsend. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, it's it's brilliant. But a lot of my kind of. Childhood memories of video games. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the games where I'll be thinking, "Oh God, I remember that! What was that?" will be on a demo. would Would have been on. I would have played on a demo disc. Um, Just, just you know, the content you got in it was like getting a a, a free, you know, a little game for a fiver. it's true. Yeah, I mean. No, so like some absolute, absolute I, I think the benefit, though,
0: the benefit though of a demo disc over what we have now is that a demo disc you'd put inside and you really wouldn't know what you're getting because maybe most of those games you never played, and you would try them. Whereas now, that's true. You have to actively choose elements on a system and have to actively seek it. There's no element of surprise anymore. Yeah, you don't get you don't get them packed.
1: Yeah, you, know, you don't get pushed. Demos. Do you get like, you know, you get five in, five on a disc or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, like, I don't know. I f- I feel like I kind of almost have fonder memories of opening up a PlayStation magazine and getting that. down mm-hmm. I do over buying, you know, a, a full a full on copy of WCW Mayhem something like that. Um, <laughs> My my fav my favourite game, um, on the PS One was well, one of my favourite games on the PS One. I should say, sorry, um, was one that I only ever played on a debut episode about twenty. Um, and as you, like, like, I've 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 written about it before. Um, it's called. I've you've heard me talk about it at length. Uh, various different. Different type, um, and to anyone not familiar with it, it was uh, Evil Zone was a, um, a- an anime style fighting. Like, it was kind of like, I guess, I guess the of kind of the um, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm type game, so those, those kinds of 3D battleground fighter type type things. You know, but and the, and essentially the premise was. Um, it had it had a, it had, a it had a very generic anime story. Like there was this there was this evil, evil interdimensional being that threatened to fuck up everything. So um, one of the characters said we should have a fighting the woman up um, and send her back to the evil zone. And the voice actually, the the localization was absolutely awful. The 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 the, the, the dubbed voices just didn't match up. Yeah, but it did have uh, Colonel Campbell from uh, Metal Gear Solid in it. He was the the narrator, and he's a fun as well. Um, but yeah, if every, every all of the characters were a kind of different animal group, um, so you had like one guy who was kind of like this 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 cool collected sort of aloof sorcerer and he always wore a suit and had a cool ponytail and things like that and then you had the kind of um, magical girl who you know always wore a schoolgirl uniform and she had a guardian spirit that used to help her fight and stuff now all of their all of their theme tunes have kind of matched that trope Um, so like Setsuna the magical girl her theme tunes like it'd be something out of Sailor Moon or something like that or um, Cat side it was it was just this just this amazing what what it kind of lacked in 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 story um and obviously voice acting it, it just made up for and it's just this really kind of charming atmosphere And the gameplay was really good as well especially for someone like me who as a shot i wasn't a fan i mean it, i mean i did i did like like you know you know, street Fighter are fighting games, and Tekken and stuff. But I wasn't very good at remembering the combos. Um, and they do really cool things with just like a few button presses. But there was skill involved in it as well. It was more about your reactions and and managing to block things. And, you know, seeing when a when a move was being telegraphed and things like that. You didn't have to think about you know remembering these long.
0: Combo half of someone's health bar. But um, would you not say though that that's probably actually more of an impact in many respects than some games that were of that era that were like you know fifteen button combo presses all in one go? And because I struggled with that, but I looking at games since the I don't want to say like Dark Souls and um, what do you call it Bloodborne, but they are like that where games that new learned about difficulty it was no longer about how quickly you can button mash these certain buttons in a row, which is often why I don't like certain games. I love those games, because what they teach you is, is it's about coolness. It's like, yes, this button does do this, but you've got to time it perfectly, because if you don't, mm. you die. It's and...
1: all about reactions and timing <laughs> rather than... I mean, it's like that in fighting games, 2D fighting games as well. Um, yeah. You've got to know to do that combo at the right time. Or, or you know know that you're going to have enough time to do it. Um,
0: the the, the depth think... in games like Street Fighter and Tekken and Mortal Kombat is insane. When you really mm-hmm. look in, it. it's yeah. Greedy. Professional
1: professional um, fighting game players are absolutely ridiculous. They're kind of on and on. they've got kind of hand-eye coordination skills and um, kind of like. Mind to, mind to muscle connection that I could only, I could only dream of. Like, I don't know how they see all these things on the screen and they take all that data in and then just, you know, bash it out. Like, like any 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 kind of professional game they really, like, you know, StarCraft players and League of Legends players and stuff like that. To make that rate that I find incomprehensible. Um, but a game like, talk about how influential. I don't think Evil Zone was particularly. Influential in the sense that I don't think there were a lot of developers at the time looking at it and going, "Damn, that's really successful. We need to do something like that." Because as a game, it wasn't—it wasn't a particularly successful game. Like, but it
0: mass influence not always do much. Thing. Like, you know, like no, the no I think I film. think he says I saw a film as in my childhood, and it's like a very obscure, like French avant-garde film. That could. Be I mean, very... that that might that might have been the case. Um,
1: Potentially, um, but I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if, if evil if evil zone had a kind of. I think it just had the right idea at the time. Somebody else came along, and then sort of had a similar. Idea, but they were looking. They were probably looking more at games like Smash and uh, Power Stone and things like that. That. Um, I think when you're looking at I, I, in that in that kind of genre of fighting game, I, I don't think Evil Zone had as much influence as maybe those games kind of did. Because Smash Super, you know, Super Smash Brothers is a very similar type of fighting game to Evil Zone, um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, you've got you've got the, the kind of arena fighters. game after that are all kind of amalgamations of like Smash and Power Stone, um, mm-hmm. which I. I I'm really welcome. I, I fucking love those kinds of games. Um, I you know I've I've always said that you know not a massive Naruto fan anymore, but games are fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I,
0: I mean, some 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 products and IPs have lived on, I think, through the video games more than they've lived through any other medium. Mm. Look at the Witcher. That's a very good example. The books finished what 15 years ago, maybe, and. Yeah. There has been a a, um, I'm forgiving for saying this, a shitty little show dedicated to it. Um, you didn't like the show? I wasn't a fan. I, really? Um, I, I understood where it was coming from, but I just did Something like this, you you can easily fall into the trap of making it a Lord of the Rings Game of the Thrones clone, and one didn't really fall into that. It felt like it did fall into that because it wasn't even good enough to fall into that. Uh, I
1: don't know. I, 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 I didn't like. Just... I didn't like.
0: I didn't like the camera angles it went with. I didn't like. the I, way it was jar- listen, it was I've got. I've,
1: I've got to stop you there, uh, because right now, single-handedly, tanking this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I <think> that's, that's <laughs> well, it. Everyone, I don't think everyone, everyone we're get it. any. Every, yeah, everybody like the, the witches. Like,
0: it was a I'm real. Sorry, but, sorry, just, let me ask like, you a question. Like, people one? like that.
1: You know, people yeah. like no,
0: the. Ah. Okay, let me ask you this. Which one's better? The game or the show? Well, that's irrelevant. No, no, no. Why is it? Why is it irrelevant?
1: Because they they're completely different mediums. They're both, no, they both no. they can both be good. Like just because just because one might be better than the other, it doesn't mean the other is bad. The, the, okay. You know, I could say that waffles are better than pancakes, but that doesn't mean pancakes are inherently
0: bad. <laughs> no, no, which was better, I'm saying. That's all I'm well, saying. I'm not saying um, like one, is, one as obvious, a result. Is their... Look,
1: okay. Don't, don't, kill, don't kill it, but obviously the games. You know, the right. I, I, I the built, built, that I built more a, a stronger connection to the games than I have to the to right. the show, but I still really enjoyed the, the show. And,
0: yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, okay, The Witcher has gone through two different mediums, but I do think the reason the longevity of the reason it has a TV show is because of the video game. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, absolutely. But again, again just because... Point. It wasn't,
0: I personally, I'm just saying I didn't like the show. Now, that does not mean that I'm telling everyone else. No. Delete your Netflix accounts, delete your Prime, delete your, you know, all forms of <laughs> electronical payments to these video services because they can't make TV shows. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that it has no merit. I'm just saying, for me, it just didn't work. I've watched a few episodes no, I'm not, I
1: watched. That's fine. I'm not saying you're not entitled to your opinion, but you know, how, you know how people get, you know how the evangelical people uh especially but, uh, about henry I, cavill same, in the witcher I, 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 just saying, I, 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 just I'm, saying.
0: Also say, I'm the same person who i i do openly admit i didn't enjoy game of thrones either i've watched oh no uh, yeah uh, that I couldn't uh, i got uh, into l- about l- 10 minutes of it and i've stopped that's not to say that no, I that's
1: that's a very safe opinion to have now game of game of, game of thrones oh, was no, weird it fell completely it's, out of the out of the cultural zeitgeist like so. <laughs>
0: No, but right. even, no, even no when, been- was, uh, when it was, when it was, uh, what's her name, uh, blonde chick, what's her name, Daenerys? What's the actual yeah. name? Uh, oh, um, Emilia Amelia- uh, Clarke, or... uh, Yeah, when her, I, I don't know, everyone was telling me, I remember I was, I'm not going to name the person, but they were sitting there, and they said, if you're not going to watch for anything else, watch it for the nudity. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I understand that people love like the fandom of some shows is really strong, but this is why I do you remember like to refer to our childhood, shows like Xenia Warrior Princess with Lucy Lawless and um Absolutely Pokemon, Of course you remember.
1: <laughs> of course I remember that. Why wouldn't I remember that?
0: And um what's this? do you remember Hercules, the show as well? I remember? do I do remember Hercules actually. I really do. Um, Those shows um, did diddle for me. That like, I could never get into them. The I uh, Alice, enjoyed that's Lord of the Rings, but that's because I actually like the books and that's because fantasy
1: that's because nineties fantasy shows were no, no no. I just I can't what get into them? awful.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they were quite like campy fun,
1: you know? Yeah, but... I agree, but
0: I mean I mean I can't get into them when they even like the heights of art or, you know, where they're a bit more um, you know, better production, you know, and they're They've got all this wonderful lore, and I, I could never take it away from the show. I just you know I mean
1: I mean you yeah, you know and I'm I not think... gonna be
0: like that. I'm not gonna stand there and... Yeah put your wonderway you fucking you know it's like alright, like it's all right. I'm just it's like, all right.
1: Like, no. You're valid, it's fine. If you're in a safe you're you're, safe. you're valid about it. <laughs> You're you're allowed...
0: you're allowed to not enjoy fantasy. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing. I, I, I think Especially during, you know, when we were at university, this is, oh, this is ten years ago, but this is when Game of Thrones started to come out and started to become big. I really didn't get it. I and I, 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 well, in the sense of I, I got what why people liked it. I just couldn't get it. Um, anyway, sorry to I'll go back to video to, to games, to, right? <laughs> yeah. Video no, games. So my point was is that I think there are some video games. Especially even even when because the thing I wanted to touch into is you know about the longevity of an IP being related to the video game. Yeah, is uh, movie tie-ins, which you don't see anymore either.
1: No, because yeah, they they never worked. But you do, actually know you do see well, they yeah. Some reason for some reason, some reason the witch did. Witch did you know? um, Oh, hang on! Sorry, Was movie it... times and the, the game being a tie into. All oh, right, I thought you meant yeah, the movie yeah. being a tie into the game, like 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 with Michael
0: Fassbender or something no, like that. No, no, uh, no! I'm talking about Spider-Man Two. Um, the car's games are apparently very good. I've heard from a few people saying that they're very good as well. Uh, really? I apparently. Um, I, I
1: never knew that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're apparently well-rounded, solid racing games. Um, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, film, you know, video games that I do think have you know a very, very strong um core to them. I mean, the Lord of the Rings games to go back to it had a really, really, really good uh video game series attached to it.
1: Oh, Lord of the Rings games were amazing. The Two Towers was such a good game. I mean, by the time you got to the, the
0: um the um the final level. In that game, and you played oh. as a Sildur in the in the opening level. But again, the only
1: way you played as a door was sick.
0: Oh, I, honestly, it
1: was probably I from what from my experience, from what I've played, a great game. You know, things some some far better example out there that I've just never heard of because um, I'm a filthy casual. But I feel like the Lord of the Rings, well, the Two Towers and Return were the most competent examples of siege combat yeah. on the ps2 like you know when in the in the in the um the helm's deep and the uh gondor level yeah Minas, Minas Tirith levels like they were amazing and you felt like you were you know you're barely kind of defending this strong oh, it was from impressive. an overwhelming Just enemy force
0: things yeah it was, it was technically as well how they managed to get so many enemies on one screen without it feeling a bit too um what do you call it uh what's yeah the, the game based on the romance of the free kingdoms uh, dynasty warriors dynasty warriors it didn't feel like dynasty warriors it felt i mean lord of the rings it felt like gandalf running around like it
1: did i'm kind of i'm kind of running around just kicking ladders. <laughs> There was a lot of kicking ladders in that There's game. There was a
0: lot of kicking yeah. ladders. And also I've never seen ladders so wide in my life.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. They they had they to work. they had to compensate for the character model. But You I didn't just, have
0: them sort of going up little ladders. You had to have real big I suppose it also why? helped you see them. And
1: one of the things that it did I think one of the master strokes in, in the combat in that game was how you you held down square parry right so you could just yeah. parry things indefinitely but you wouldn't get anywhere but you necessarily it was it was there's a, a problem i had with a lot of hack and slash games at the time which took me out of it was obviously when you, you remember in dynasty warriors like when you when you when you block some you block an attack it's just kind of it almost like waves over it doesn't Really kind of parrying it. You've just got your sword up in front of you, and the guy kind of just waves through your sword. And there's a bit of an effect. And so like they, you know, you got that a lot with 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 hack and slash games because obviously, you know, simulating real uh, you know real sword fight would, was very difficult and still is. Um, but what they, what it did was it's like right okay. Instead of you know having we, we can make it feel like you're in a you know you're 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 actually in a sword fight. But instead, you just hold down the hold down the power the square button, and instead of just holding up a sword and then it just you know in a kind of blocking stance, the uh, the animation would kind of move down to where the where the where the enemy was attacking you from, and I thought that was really cool. Um, it was kind of a, a parrying motion rather than just a a blocking animate, like you know just a just a standing still. An animated kind of thing um i i, I just it's just a, just a thing i remember that i i really really liked uh, before obviously um counting became the the flavor of the month you know a the batman assassin's creed and
0: things like that exactly and i i mean it was it was a good step away from it because i think creatively it's very stifling to be part of another project that changes all the time. So to be tied into a project that is tied in already and then you your project ties in, you know, changes as well. That could be really difficult. Um I'm just trying I'm thinking of some of the other games like golden eyes obviously one that almost everyone's gonna remember. Um mm-hmm. in terms of a movie adaption and I did play that as a kid because by chance one of my cousins had a Nintendo 64 and I played it and the the interesting thing about Golden Eye, I would say is it's not some I, I know people love that game, but if you play it now, it really hasn't aged well I think
1: if you want if you want uh, to play Golden Eye mm. or a version of Golden Eye that you will
0: enjoy mm. in twenty twenty then play time splitters That's a good point, actually yeah Time splitters sort of took that formula and just perfected it a bit more and probably doesn't resonate as many people, partly because you know one was a mass, mass game, you know, just in terms of appeal and knowledge of uh, acknowledgement, whereas the other one was a bit more nichey. Uh, but I think a lot yeah. of people did play Time Splitters and Time Splitters 2 as well.
1: Oh, Time um, Splitters as well. Yeah. Time, time Split I think, I I I, I love Time Splitters 2. It was my favourite game of the, of the of the three. But I mean, they're all good games. Like Future Perfect mm-hmm. is a fantastic game. It's a, I love Time One of my favourite trilogies. Um, I think it's one of the closest things. It's one of the video games' perfect trilogies, really, Time splitters. Um I mean, you think about it, it's, it's not often where you get three good games in a trilogy and a fourth
0: isn't made.
1: Um, but obviously, free I Radical- think it
0: was, was it one of the ones that sort of caught up in the idea of, like, there will be a fourth one, there will be a fourth one, and it never came around to it? or did it just Well yeah
1: there was there, I think there were a few complications like free radical um went under the development uh, company went under did um, number
0: 3 not do well as well from what
1: I've Number 3 didn't do as well as they would have liked it was kind of like you say a more niche uh, IP um it kind of fell into that beyond good and evil kind of hole where the game was very, very, very good and very, very critically acclaimed, but uh, obviously, um, sales were probably, well, I mean, over the course of time, it were declining. Um, and they were looking at you know, ga- games, the you know, the landscape of gaming changed between te- between like, like 2000 and well sort of 2001 when time splitters the first time splitters came out and i think 2004 2005 was when future perfect came out um okay. it was you know it was it was obviously becoming more the studios were getting much bigger um commercially speaking ga- games were becoming more and more expensive to make um a lot of the small studios were being picked either you know, either going under or being picked. You know, absorbed by 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 much larger studios. Um, and and Time Splitters is one of those one one of those games that, again, just I guess I guess for a for a, a company like EA or something like that, just thought it's not really worth saving, or you know, pumping money into the dev team. To, to get board, which is I say it's a shame, but it's a shame that Free Radical went under a really, really good dev team mm-hmm. um, but looking back on it a fourth time splitters would be nice but it's nice to have that perfect three,
0: you know Three's a nice number
1: and yeah, know, that's
0: it's... the thing with memories as well was... Having them kept in a good box and not trying to go back to, you know, mm-hmm. the heart grows fonder the further it's away. And maybe that's the beauty of these mm-hmm. games that we look back upon. You know, we've discussed quite a range of them. And maybe when we look back at it, we realize that the reason we cherish them so much is because they weren't yearly releases, they weren't many of them. And obviously, there was a lot of crap in between, but that's the beauty of anything that you fall in love with you absolutely cherish it and hold on to it and if you don't overdo it if you keep it just right it will always be with you
1: we hope you enjoyed this podcast um we're hoping to make them on a say a bi-week well by way as well a weekly basis um
0: weekly sounds good to me we could try <laughs> and if, if if it receives any traction, if you all hate it, and oh
1: if if, if, if you all if you all, it's a uh, where to find us on Twitter. Um, actually no, you don't.
0: I don't know where to find no. myself. No, actually, Actually, so, you know what? Try to find us. There you go. Uh, yeah, there you <laughs> go. Try... If you want to complain at us? Uh, yeah, fucking find us. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll uh,
1: uh we'll 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 throw a link out there. Don't worry on the website. That's fine if you want to. If you, if you want to tell us how shit we are, that's fine. If you want to tell us how great we are, that would be a bonus.
0: um you can find us at Mike in Brazil. I mean... <laughs> Sorry. There's a reference. Um... Excellent Argentina. Excellent Argentina. <laughs> if you want to find us, we will obviously provide links. Otherwise, you might know us well enough to know where we are. Um, it's been good talking to you, Ash. You do have a wonderful
1: evening.
0: Uh, and you. I hope this... Uh, I
1: hope this sounds as good as it felt.
0: Likewise. And to everyone else, good mental health.